Hey everyone, Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Joel Sangerman. Joel, how are you doing? What's that? Henderson, Nevada. Henderson. Let's not forget the five stories. Well, that's fairly close to Vegas, isn't it? Look, we just got a minor league hockey team, the Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Henderson, Nevada. There, there we go. go. So there you go. We're in for a treat here today, you guys, because Joel, he wouldn't know it from looking at the guy. He's been doing real estate investing for over 30 years. He's very, very extremely creative. And in fact, one of his claims of fame is that he can show anybody how to buy any house from any seller and make it profitable. Now, that is a, a tall order there, my friend. We'll jump into that. But, but first of all, can you kind of, if you don't mind, just kind of give me your philosophy around dealing with sellers and buying properties because it's really, really interesting. Well, let me say thank you for the compliment first. I have been doing this for 30 years. I'll be turning 54 this year. And most people tell me I don't look a day over 53. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 52 and people don't tell me I look a day over 72. So there you go. Nice, nice. That'll work. Now I put you, I put you below that. I take the under on that in Vegas style. So yeah, we can, we can buy any house from any seller. And even if it's underwater, meaning if it's over leveraged, there's more financing on it than the house is worth. And the reason we can do that is because we use creative structures. But going further than that, what I really help my clients do is understand that they need to ask the right questions to the seller. The seller is going to be disposed to selling their property in a particular way. And as we discuss alternatives with them, will learn at some point that they're going to only going to do one thing, no matter how much we talk to them. So we have a strategy that allows you to simply take what they're going to do and plug them into that solution in a way that makes money for us, including full retail. If they want to sell full retail, we'll take them down the road of, of using a realtor. And then we have relationships with realtors where we can get paid that way. And in that so, sense, so Joel, Joel, how does that compare to how most guys and gals go about it when they're making offers on properties? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one of the big pitfalls and one of the reasons people fail in real estate. The majority of people actually fail in real estate. And what I've learned is that most coaches will try to project one strategy onto a seller. For example, if you're a fix and flip guy or if you are a buy and hold person, if you're fix and flip, you got to get a property that has enough equity that you can get the property cheap enough, or you have to be able to embellish the repairs to a great enough degree that you can get a low enough price. And then you also have to get the seller to take a low enough price. So you're already eliminating a vast majority of houses right there. If you're buy and hold, you're pretty much going to have to get someone to agree to take monthly payments for a period of time until you cash them out. But when you can combine those strategies along with some of the other things we do, then we simply plug the seller in to what's going to work for them so that we can increase our conversion ratio and increase our return on ad spend. Yeah, well, most definitely. So it kind of takes me back to the day when I first got into real estate investing and I bought a course off our mutual friend, Mr. Ron Legrand, all about how to- Godfather. Yeah, how, how to get into creative deals. And he, 
he turned me into a transaction engineer was the, Love it. the, the terminology you use there. However, it sounds like you've taken that and you've just taken it to the next level because, you know, there were a few things that I could do on a, on a pretty consistent basis, but paying full retail really wasn't in the books for pretty much any of those kind of strategies. So, you know, without, we, we don't have enough, enough time to get into everything, but what are, what are the different options that you're putting out there in front of people and, and how are you able to basically do any deal with any house that comes across your, your desk? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up Ron because going back 30 years ago, when I got started, I actually started with Carlton Sheets who unfortunately passed away last year, but after Carlton and as a much younger man, I was actually on that infomercial. If anyone has that infomercial from the nineties, I'll pay good money to see it because I can't find a copy of it. Which Carlton's or, or Ron's? Carlton's. Carlton's. Oh, yeah, Ron, had, Ron had a couple of wars on his commercials. I was just going to make mention of that. And that, that is one of the ways that I connected up with Ron and Ron personally trained me. And I, th- I think he's probably personally trained most of the mentors out there. So there, there's no greater contributor to the field of real estate investing than, than Ron Legrand. I think what I've added to the program that he beat into my head over so many years is that there have been quite a few technological advancements in terms of the way that we generate leads. Mm-hmm. You can still use a lot of the old school methods, but there is literally no one And I can say this with abundant confidence, there's no one that is generating leads in the way that we're generating leads right now. We've got a strategy called Hyperdrive, which uses Facebook ads. It's the best way of generating motivated seller leads, but we do it in a very, very different way. And just to give your your viewers a hot tip, but might need a little bit more than this, but to put it in a nutshell, don't run your Facebook ads directly to a website. Don't run your Facebook ads to a form. Don't do it that way. Most people scrolling through Facebook are, you know, if they're sitting on the throne in the morning, having a coffee and just scrolling, <laughs> they don't have time to fill out a form. Yes, dude. Talk about multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or they're at work. Yeah. So the best thing to do is you send them to Messenger. You use the power of Facebook advertising. You send them into Messenger. They click a button and boom, you got their name. You usually you'll be able to grab their email and phone number through a bot that we set up. And then you can have an interaction with them at any time when it's more convenient for them to actually engage with your advertising. So in doing that, I teach that. I help people do that. There's people who have already sort of lifted that technique from my program and they're selling it for tens of thousands of dollars. It's not as good, but that will give you a tremendous number of leads. You have a tsunami of leads coming in that all are a little bit more motivated than the usual suspects. So in that sense, we're able to really take some of the very simple strategies that Ron teaches and convert more people because we have better leads coming into our inbox. But it sounds like you've got a few more strategies involved as well. So again, it's been decade and a half since I looked at at, at Ron's stuff, but you know, a, a lot of it was about creative deals and low money, no money down type things, sandwich leases, options, this kind of stuff. What else are, have you added to the mix where you can pretty much grab anybody that, that comes across your desk and turn that into a deal? You were talking to well, me offline a little bit about, about connections with realtors so that that's right. You know, absolutely convinced they're going to sell for full retail. You can still make a few bucks that way. So how does that, how's that kind of. Uh... The, the whole key is, is this, think of it in three dimensions. 
you're either going to get a deal that's so good that you're going to close on it right away. Either the price is so good that you close on it right away, or the terms are so good that you close on it right away. The other end of that spectrum is you really can't get a deal that you want to invest in yourself. They aren't going to sell it by owner. Why would they, how are they going to sell it by owner when all the buyers are locked up by realtors? Why are all the buyers locked up by realtors who pay full price and, and want to close quickly? Because it's free. It's free to a buyer. They get driven around in a Cadillac. They get taken to Starbucks. They get treated like royalty. They can tell someone, do this, do that. Take me here, take me there, take me there. And when you do that, you get all the buyers. So one end of the spectrum, we get a great deal. The other end of the spectrum, we push it out to the realtor. In the middle though, and this is where a lot of money is, and this is where a lot of investors fail or miss, is that if you can just take the terms, the best deal that you can possibly get from that seller and write it up in an agreement and give yourself 90 days to close, then you found time to line your buyer up with better terms before you close with your seller and you can make the spread. Or if you don't beat those terms, you will get a next best offer from the next best buyer and you can go back to that seller and renegotiate those terms and then figure out a way to to make a spread between the buyer and the seller. So in that sense, you've got a full spectrum of choices and a full complement of alternatives to take two sellers when you get them on the phone. And they usually- I, I get it conceptually, can you kind of maybe off the top of your head, walk us through an example of, of that middle category you're talking about there? What, Definitely. What would be a good Definitely. example? I closed on a deal on Friday of last week. Smaller deal, made 18 grand on it. That's one of our smaller ones. I've got another one in a couple of weeks, I'll make over 200,000 on it, but it's taken me a couple of years to produce that profit because I got the benefit of appreciation. So some of that is luck, right? So let's look at the 18 grand one, because that's probably- Yeah, so the 18 grand. So so I had somebody come to me through our hyperdrive strategy, and we structured a deal on his house for $165,000. That was my contract. The real value of the property might've been like 180-ish, but there's no realtor involved. So he gave me the benefit of that, and he gave me 90 days to close on it. So I went and I put the property in the MLS, advertising it with terms, also advertising it for cash, I put the price up pretty high. We put the price at 200. I ended up getting a buyer to come in just under 200,000 on the home. And it made sense to me that I would just, now they used an FHA loan. So I couldn't with FHA, I don't know. I know a lot of your viewers are in Canada, but you have to have seasoning of title before you can retransfer the property. So I knew that I needed to link up my seller directly with my buyer. So essentially what I did is I took our earlier agreement, we recorded it on the property. So that means there's now a cloud on the title. And then I allowed the buyer that I got out of the multiple listing service through a realtor to link up directly with my seller and contract at that $200,000 price. And then I agreed with the seller to pay all the costs so that he would net out 165. So at the end of the day, I send the title company a payoff statement for $18,000 to release the lien, the cloud that I put on his property, which was just a memorandum of agreement affecting real estate, which was our earlier agreement. So on the closing statement, it shows the buyer's transaction who I brought to the table and the seller's transaction who I also brought to the table. And then there I am in the middle as a lien payoff, getting paid 18 grand, never saw the property, never went to the property, never met the seller in person, everything done virtually 
100% from my office with Jake and Elwood right behind me. <laughs> which, which your dad did a heck of a great job with that painting. It looks, I love it. Yeah, my dad. My okay, dad so and and in that down. in that somewhere, the realtor got paid, right? Because you got this guy. Correct. It came out of my money. Remember, it was two hundred thousand coming in. Yeah. So the realtor got the realtor got paid out of the seller side of the transaction, but I made it so that the seller netted the one sixty five that we agreed on, and there was yeah. so there was enough money to pay the realtor and me. Now, does the seller ever get get kind of pissy because he sees the the two hundred thousand dollars sale price and the one sixty five, what he's what's coming in the bank for him, and and he thought it was only worth one eighty. This guy was doing backflips down the hallway with glee. He was going to he kind of an interesting story. He met like a much younger Filipino woman and well, make a guy over here in the hall. Yeah, okay. that's right. <laughs> and he's moving to the Philippines, so he he had a bank loan on it of fifty one grand. So he paid off. The fifty-one grand out of that walked with one hundred and thirteen. Took the one hundred thirteen thousand dollars and his new wife to the Philippines, and God only knows what they're doing now. That was last Friday, so I yeah. Don't well, you know, hundred grand in the Philippines will last should last him a while if he doesn't go too crazy. So that's, that's no doubt because we're using virtual assistants out of there who make very very little money relative to American and Canadian dollars. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, that's a cool story. That's fantastic. So, what would you say? You know, you've got such a different variety of strategies you can do with sellers. What would you say is kind of your normal bread and butter kind of deal? What's what's the normal thing if there is such a thing as normal? What's, what's the yeah? Normal? I really try to get people to not think about pushing someone into a specific strategy, but listening to what the seller wants, yeah. and then you're able to show the seller your genuineness, your authenticity, your sincerity. And then because you're able to communicate so many different alternatives to them, they see that you have competency, they feel like you have integrity, and then that's usually where they will select you to help them dispose of their property. So if you do it that way, your bread gets buttered a lot more, if you know what I mean. But if you're asking me if I had my druthers, if I had my druthers, I like either free and clear houses or houses that are over leveraged. If it's over leveraged, it's very easy to just take over the debt on the house. People are willing to walk away from that because they can't afford the payment. And you can you can have a golden goose that continuously lays golden eggs as you install lease option buyers, where you're getting a down payment, you're getting a monthly spread, you're getting a back end spread, and you sometimes get to do the thing. So you're not even doing a sandwich lease in that case, you're actually taking over title. You're taking well, it wouldn't be, yeah. Well, you could do a sandwich lease if they won't give you the title. If they'll give you the title, then you actually own it. And that's why I say that I like that kind of deal because on a sandwich lease, Usually your portion of the lease, you're usually not going to get 30 years. But if you take over debt subject to the existing loan, most of the time there's 25, 30 years left on there, which means that you can probably do 10 lease options over the course of time, depending on who you select as your lease option buyer, which means 10 down payments, which means paying the loan down, which means getting monthly spread for a very long time, which is why I use the metaphor of golden goose laying golden eggs. All right. Very cool. And now if you're able to find one that's free and clear, which actually contrary to, to popular belief, there are quite a few free and clear properties. Oh my there. God. Yeah. Uh, tremendous percentage of properties are, are free and clear. You've I've, got heard, I've heard it's like a third. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've, in the States, anyhow, I've heard it's up to a third. Canada, the oh, price of houses are so freaking high. I, I don't think it's that, that high. But yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's the other thing. And at, at this point, even if it's not free and clear, they could have been over leveraged two years ago. And now they've got more equity than they have leverage <laughs> because, yeah. because of the, the low interest rate environment has really pushed housing up 
beyond belief. Uh, we've made an absolute fortune just through magic, the magic of money printing from the Federal Reserve. So we basically screwed over a whole generation of elderly people. It sickens me what's happened because do you realize that you, if you used to be able to retire, let's say somebody wants to make $50,000, they could have a million dollars and put, put it in a 5% CD. With interest rates down at zero, we forced retirees, you got to have $10 million in the bank if you're earning a half a percent interest, right? Yeah, to make that whopping 50 grand. Big deal. That's right. I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> then you what, get, ta- then you get taxed, taxed on it, right? <laughs> precisely. So, yeah, I mean, the, the values of real estate have been pushed up beyond belief, and, and we've got strategies to capitalize on on all that. But free and clear properties are phenomenal because obviously you can create tremendous cash flow. If you get somebody willing to take just the taxes and insurance as their monthly payment because there's no loan on it, and you can rent that out for a year or two before you cash them out at a high price, there's quite a lot of cash flow that you can make on that. And I teach people how to do that all day, every day. Well, this is fantastic. Cool stuff, Joel. I always love discussing creative stuff with creative people. It sounds like you're one of the most creative people I've met. So if people want to find out more about you and how you help out other real estate investors get into these kind of deals, what should they do? Well, they got two choices. They can go to the, to any of the various sports books around Las Vegas. They'll find me in there watching the Golden Knights making the playoffs this year, even though I'm more of a Blackhawk fan. So that's one way. That would be the hard way, right? Because you still got to wear masks. The second way would, you could go to my website, which is very simple to remember. I was joking with you earlier that my website is ibuyrealestate.com, one of the one of the best websites you can get. I got that website, obviously, before Al Gore even invented the internet. Well, yeah, it must have been like 1995 you got that day. It was early on, no doubt about that. So ibuyrealestate.com, or you can hit me up on my email, joel at ibuyrealestate.com, or you can put any of those links in there. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Joel, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Dave. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Very good. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.